When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS by one and only me today. Um, let's get, let's, we're going to start just this you? Just you today? Why am I here? Should I just, should I leave? You want me to leave, buddy? Uh, what do they call it? Full, un- unadulterated Michael Cooper? I mean, I wasn't on Showtime. Okay, I I was barely alive for Showtime, <laughs> but but you know I mean give me some give me some credit here you know. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, it's all about me today. That's what it's about. Now, no guess. Uh, Did the Lakers win a title? Did the Lakers win a title or something? But it's an it's an asterisk title this year, right? It doesn't count. No, it's not. And we're gonna get into that. But before we jump that far, I want to give big time kudos and shout out to the Lakers front office, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka. And I would, um, Frank Vogel, of course, and Linda Ramos. But you know what? They are the ones that are in the bubble now, and they're getting a lot of accolades and pats on the back and, and, and congratulations for winning this championship. But I'm going to go out on the limb a little further and say put Magic Johnson in there too. Uh, Magic was with the organization two years ago. He is the one and the real reason why LeBron James decided to come to Los Angeles. You can't win championships without superstars. Magic was the one to get LeBron here, and now LeBron is able to attract other big-time players like Anthony Davis. So let me ask you about that because, I mean, Magic is kind of criticized for that. It's a short, it was a short period of time, and the, the organization was in a bad, bad situation. So he, he was instrumental in getting LeBron to be here, independent of, you know, because I mean, because that's an interesting way to look at when he was, you know, the GM of the team, right? I mean. It was short and it wasn't viewed as being popular, but certainly if, if it, if you're right, and I mean, it certainly begs to reason that magic would be influential for LeBron to come to LA. Then yeah, I mean, that's sort of an underrated part of that, you know, uh, when magic was, was leaving the Lakers. I think that's a big part of that. And again, no, he wasn't there and he wasn't, uh, the time he spent with the organization in the position he had, he was uh, there to do exactly what he did, just the basketball things. I think uh, we're not going to get into the other reasons why he left, but the underlying conditions for that was Magic was not a day-to-day person there. He was there to do something specific, and uh, being part of the organization means doing some recruiting and scouting and, and attracting big-time free agents, and he did his job. Uh, there are other things that he had to do, you know, as being a businessman, there are other uh, businesses he had to attend to. Uh, but even though it was a short stint, it was a powerful one to me. And I think, again, he's the reason LeBron James was there. And obviously, Rob Palenka went on and did his general manager duties. Jeannie Buss did her ownership duties. And putting that all together, that's how the Lakers always ran. The Lakers are ran as part of the team. Team functions well up top. It filters down to the bottom. And that's why you got the Los Angeles Lakers being crowned the 2020 non-asteristic championship, okay? So you can't put anything on that. To me, this is probably the hardest championship that any team ever had to go through. Being in the bubble, the conditions the world was in, having a platform to make some big-time statements and social injustice, uh, police reform. Uh, these guys, man, did a great job. Now, I will... Bigger than winning the in the Lakers. Boston Garden in 1985? 
better than that. <laughs> well, I'll put them up there. All right, all right, all right, all right. One A minus, okay? <laughs> but I think um, that these guys had a lot to endure and go through. Uh, I will criticize the Lakers a little bit for being one of two teams, not wanting to go into the bubble and play. And uh, I know they are glad that they did. They came to a group consensus that they would come into this bubble and play. And, wait, uh, wait, wait. There was no bubble without the Lakers. Are you kidding? No, we know that. But still, there was that concept or that was the notion that the Lakers didn't want to participate. Oh, I should say there would be no bubble without LeBron. There no bubble without the Lakers. You had it right the first time. LeBron's not, a great player. Not a couple of years ago. Not individuals. And LeBron, the one thing he said that I really admire that young man for is anybody that's out on the court with me in crunch time, I believe and trust in them. So that there tells you that he trusts in his teammates. And like I said, teams win championships. Well, and and like we were talking about, I mean, this was just such a versatile team. You know, we we kind of – the beginning of the the postseason, remember we talked about maybe their flaw was defense. Well, obviously that wasn't a flaw, uh, and the reason for that is even I mean they, they just have two elite level defenders, obviously, and one of them is LeBron's still the best defender in the NBA when he wants to be, and obviously in big possessions of crucial playoff moments, you've got the best defender in the NBA, you know, at any time to to unleash. So um, this was this was just a really good team. I don't think there was any question this was the best team in the NBA this year. So yeah, no asterisk. It was difficult with everything going on, as you mentioned. And and if this occurred, if this had been the playoffs outside of the bubble with a re, in a regular situation, the Lakers would have won too. I, I have no doubt about that. I agree with you on that. Uh, uh, going back to what you just said a little bit, LeBron was not the best defensive player. I think he's the best defensive player in the bubble all year long because LeBron has some defensive lapses during that. That's what I'm saying, though. He, you just run. totally. He's not an, an engage. He is the best defender in the NBA when he wants to be. You know, but kind of like we talked about where it takes – there's no reason to use that wear and tear in the regular season. He is a on-demand playoff defender. That's it, and that, that works believe, the playoffs. I'll go with that. I'll agree yeah. with that. And he's not a Michael really Cooper. And being able to uh, – uh, no, he's not a Michael Cooper. But, but I mean like lockdown, 82 yeah. games, and yeah. 40 games of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like just lockdown for every game. You're right. LeBron doesn't do that. But he but probably then, can't. Uh, you got to understand, my role is a little easier than his. Right. Totally. LeBron that carried the team in scoring, assists, rebounding, right. that can take its toll on you. And oh, but again, totally. he did step up uh, in in specific areas and at certain times in the game, like against you know the Denver series, he was blocking shots out of nowhere on that series, and then he continued to do that in the championship against Miami. But I think the Lakers were the best defensive team through this whole season. So, and I agree with you, whether we're in the bubble or in fresh air and out in the, in the real world, Lakers are going to win a championship. It was just a matter of how long, how many games it was going to take them to win. Uh, but again, they played a very good Miami team, beating that team 4-2. I, it went two games longer than I expected, but you got to give that team credit. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I mean, man, can you talk about any one player to step up for his team when the chips were down and player personnel was down and losing going, going and bam, the first two games of the first game of that series for that young man to step up the way he did, man, I, I had a lot of respect for him because I knew he was a good defensive player at minutes at uh, Minnesota and in Philadelphia when he was there for a short period of time, but he showed me something on the offensive end 
I didn't know that he could score like that. He was almost scoring at will. And when you get a guy like that, Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, he has stepped his game up to that level. And depending on how the rest of his career go, you know what? You can almost mention that man's name in the breadth of those two players. You know, there's there's three guys that are part of the same draft class that all are very similar and have similar skill sets. Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and Jimmy Butler. Butler's the 30th pick of the first round of that of that draft. Those are three guys, what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, long, athletic wings that can defend. They're great two-way players. Obviously, Clay was the first one taken, and, and then Kawhi was, you know, mid-late lot- lottery or end of lottery. It was an Indiana trade to the Spurs. But and and look, Jimmy. I mean, we've seen obviously Clay win championships, and and Kawhi lifted his team to a championship last year. So Jimmy wasn't able to do that. So he's not on their level, but he's in the same vein of just a great two-way player, and and that athletic, you know, six-seven big wing can can really defend five positions, sort of sort of body. And Jim Butler's been that too for for you know throughout his career, starting with the Bulls and obviously Minnesota and and Philadelphia and Miami. Hey, you know what? Obviously, the only thing he's missing is a championship because, again, he's in that – I would consider him in that group, uh, a multi-positional player. Right. Can defend multiple positions. Uh, Didn't really – and I believe if he had the help that Kawhi had in Toronto and in San Antonio and obviously the help that Clay had in Golden State, Jimmy would have had a championship within the last two or three years if he were on teams like that. Yep, yep, uh, I agree. He has raised this Miami team up to another level. I think one thing the Lakers have have proven to everyone is that that small ball, that shit is dead now, man. You've got to get big and athletic. And I think if you – and, yeah, you can have that big, big uh, person in the middle, but you got to be mobile a little bit. I don't think you're uh, an ordinary five person can go out on a three-point line and guard AD. So, again, that takes me back to drafting these kids that are 6'10", 6'11". None comes to mind right now to me that are athletic that can go out there and defend AD. So you don't you think Golden State? Because I mean this is this is basically will Golden State be back next year without you know without KD? Will will the old big three that they had right? I mean because that's they played small ball and won championships doing it right. So yeah. are are that's they? It. That's what I'm saying. Right. Can Draymond? Can Draymond? Yeah, can Draymond defend Anthony Draymond, Davis on the? Draymond can't defend Anthony Davis, and Draymond can't defend. Yeah. Uh, 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 LeBron James and Draymond can't defend Dwight Howard. He might be able to deal with, uh, Le- JaVel McGee, but those three players, because of his size, their size and their ability to get up and rebound, it's going to be hard for him. So those days of, you know, he might be able to guard them in a sense of, yeah, I can guard this guy, but he like, he can't stop them from scoring or rebounding. And I think that's the one thing that the Lakers has changed the NBA about right now, which I love. I didn't like this small ball because it's almost like you're getting five, ten, five, eleven guys out there. And everybody's shooting threes. And oh, another quick note. And, and remember, you heard it from Michael Cooper on Showtime with Coop. Soon and very soon, the NBA will adopt the four-point shot. Watch. You've been saying that. That's not. That is not the first time you've said this. Really. They are going to adopt that because guys are shooting the ball way out there. You got to give these guys credit. LeBron pulled up one time. I mean, well, take Damian Lillard. This guy dribbling two feet, two dribbles past half court and knocking that shot down. How would you feel about a four point line? Oh, I would love it. If, you really? Know, I coach in the big three. I coach in the big three ice cubes league. Oh, okay, got there one you go. There. Oh, it's a great, it's a great thing, okay. man. It's well, I mean, you game. get some old school basketball guys that won't like that, you know? I mean, 
you know, James Naismith, you know when he invented, exactly, like you said, they old school basketball players <laughs> going to do a new, new game. Now these kids are learning how to shoot way, way out there. When, and you know, Steph Curry, all the oh, yeah. runs. No, you're right. Guy was hitting four point shots and you're only getting the, give the guy four points instead of the three, but that's going to be even more small ball. You're going to hate that even more. Because that's going to even incentivize people to shoot. You know, these kids now, I'm going to be the old man now, Coop. These kids now, they pull, they go up to the gym, they walk up, and they're shooting from Steph Curry range. So they're going to have four-point range. So it's going to be a bunch of 6'3", six, 6'2", six, guys with great handles that are shooting from four-point territory. That's what it's going to be. That's why it's going to be up to teams and coaches to uh, uh, pull the reins on some of these guys because that shot isn't for everyone. That's for your shooter out there. And if you get everybody shooting it, just think of the rebounds that are going to be there. So that's why you're going to need that big guy anyway. But, again, that shot is not for everyone. I wouldn't ask AD to shoot that shot. LeBron is not a consistent four-point shooter. When he has his flow going, he is. Clay Thompson. He will be. Kawhi Leonard's not a four-point shooter. KD, I don't think is a four-point shooter, but he's a good three-point shooter. All right. You're calling the four-point shot in the NBA. I don't know if I'd be for it. You know, when Naismith Naismith invented basketball, they uh, instead of – they 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 did a jump after every made basket. Do you know that? That was the original I, I rules of basketball. That. No inbounding. We just do a jump ball every time after every basket. How ridiculous would that be? That would be stupid. Yeah, it would be very ridiculous. That's why it was called back then in basketball. And remember, the lane was only what six feet wide. Yeah. Five feet wide or something. I I look at those old pictures and just are amazed at basketball. But that tells you how this game has evolved into what it is today. And it's only yeah. going to get bigger and better. That's why yeah. you you have to put in that four-point shot. Now, people are going to fight against it, but Adam Silvers will do it. Watch and see. Give him about yeah. two, three years, possibly sooner, because that's a big-time game changer. You heard it here first on Showtime with Coop. Michael Cooper told you. All right, so we talked about the Heat and uh, what they're going to need to do. I think they're a team that definitely have to get big, uh, to, uh, but they will be a, definitely a contender in the East next year, I think a team that has run its course, and I think you won't see them. Uh, Philadelphia? Uh, no, Philadelphia's going to be good because I think Doc will be able to. Embiid is not that true, true center, but Doc will kind of get him down there. But I think Milwaukee Bucks, I think they've had their run. And the bubble really exposed them. That's a team that I don't think is going to be that big on the list. I mean, I think they'll still be a, a top four team in the East, but they won't be feared as much anymore. Look for Toronto to be even better. So, so the West is always seems like beyond the East, and that doesn't seem to have changed. I mean, it's been like that forever. Really, the only time it wasn't like that was, you know, in the Showtime era in the 90s. But then in the late 90s, it just seemed like it's been the West, the whole, I mean, just a dominant stretch by the West for most of that period of time and into the two. I mean, so look at Golden State. I mean, obviously when LeBron's been in the East, they, there's there's been success there. But beyond that, it just all the dominant teams have been in the West. Is there anybody like Denver's? You know, seem to be poised for for a long time. They've got some good size. You mentioned the importance of size. That you know, um, so, uh, do you think anybody's in the East can position themselves to sort of be on that level of the dominance? Because I just don't even think the East had anybody close to the Lakers this year. And it's kind yeah. of been like that with Golden State too. So I just I wonder if there's anybody that can make a move in the East that could get them close to the level of teams of the West, the top of the West. The only team in the East can be the Brooklyn Nets, and the reason I say that is because with no uh, way, uh, I I do. I, they they. I'm not a believer in Kyrie Irving. That what? I'm not a believer in Kyrie Irving. Well, it's not Kyrie. It's, it's KD. 
Well, I'm a believer in him, but. And I think he'll be able to do it. But them other young players that they have up there, the way those kids shot the three ball against some of those teams in the bubble this year, uh, kind of changed me. But you know what? If you look at this, take the Denver Nuggets and move them back to the East. The Denver Nuggets win the East every year. Yeah. That's how, because they play like an East Coast team. They don't, they play slow down, uh, execution. Totally. Totally. Half court. They look more like, uh, East Coast team. That's why it was hard for them uh, to deal with the Lakers. Now, it would be a different story if you're playing for a championship. You put them two there, anything can happen. But to play the Lakers and constantly get beat game after game, it's going to be difficult, as well as with the Clippers and all that. So yeah. it's going to be fun basketball next year. Uh, Lakers' success was all accredited. And everybody will say LeBron and AD, which is true, Okay. But the Lakers was success this season was 40% of their role players. KCP, Rajon Rondo, Caruso, Dwight Howard. and Dwight Howard. I think those people came to show, and they did this all without who I think is another big, big asset to them that wasn't there, Avery Bradley, I think would have been a more of an addition. But what the Lakers are going to need, and we're going to see if the Lakers front office now, without magic, if they can get up there and get that third, they need another third player that can get it done, that don't have any lapses, that's not going to have 10 points one night and 23 the next night. They're going to need that other player like AD and uh, LeBron that can get 18 for sure, 18, get to the free throw line eight or nine times by himself. That will help the Lakers a lot, and that will extend – uh, AD and LeBron's, or will actually not extend, but cut down their minutes so they don't have to be on the floor as much next season. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, a couple, a couple of years ago, obviously you talk about three stars on a team or, you know, for the big three or the big four, I guess maybe it was for Golden State. And, you know, so I don't know, is it a, is it a, a testament to, the Lakers or was it just the NBA this year? It was more of a two-star thing. Cause I mean, you're right. Normally it's, you know, at least three big time players to win titles. Um, and then you kind of look at the available free agency situation. Uh, you know, I'm just curious to see who, who in that, you know, who would be a good third. Okay. So let's start there. Who, who would ideally based on the skill set of LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and for being honest, LeBron fits with any kind of skill set, but. Who's the type of player that, I mean, that, that would be ideal for them? I mean, Clay Thompson, right? It's uh, just a guy that you could spot up and, and hit a lot, a lot of open threes. With those two would have to be Ray Charles. They could, uh. <laughs> I don't think he's available. <laughs> and just, Lakers don't need that really, really good marquee. They just need a, Clay Thompson would be the ideal player. That's pretty marquee name. Clay Thompson's yeah. a pretty good player. Yeah, very good player, but that's not going to happen. So right. we got to be realistic. So I think uh, – I don't know if you know his dad played for the Lakers. No kidding. No he kidding. He got knocked out by Byron Scott, yeah, in the locker room. <laughs> he still denies to this day, but it did happen. He did on the podcast, remember? We talked yeah, about that. He I did on the podcast. Michael Thompson. Yes, I know Michael Thompson. But, you know, uh, um, I think um, – the Lakers are just just a solid player. I really do. I, and like I said, if Avery, when Avery Bradley comes back and he gets back into the fold, I think he's that player. That yeah. Because he's good. But I think he leans a little bit more on his defense. They need another, like, a, 
Tyler Hero, somebody that can just concentrate just on shooting and can hit shots. Is that available? Yes, because uh, Miami has two of them. Uh, I think they'll find that. And that'll be easy to get. But what you're going to need is uh, what the Lakers should not do. You can't let JaVale McGee leave, and you can't let Dwight Howard leave. Uh, you can't let those players leave because I think they're very, very important. Yes, the playing time is something that those guys kind of bitch and whine about a little bit. I'm pretty sure McGee wasn't happy with his not playing the last two or three series. But, again, that's just how it goes. But his value on the team is still high because the Lakers got three seven-footers where a lot of teams don't have one. Riles, Riles called it, what, the disease of more? Uh, in, in one of the books he wrote where when you win, everybody wants more, you know, more playing time, more money, you know, more, more, more. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like, that's one of the most important parts of, of winning in the NBA is getting guys that buy in and you're going to win titles and you're going to get guys that want to make more money and go play somewhere else and get more minutes and score more points. And, you know, not everybody's going to be Michael Cooper and sacrifice that, you know, forever for the sake of uh, the team. When you just said that, that sent chills down my body because that sounded, I mean, obviously it is Pat Riley, but it's the way you said it. The disease of more. And that was the one thing he used to preach about. Yeah. Uh, I think teams, uh, individuals would sacrifice coming to Los Angeles and, uh, being in this nice weather, playing with LeBron, uh, playing with a team that has the potential to win another championship. And I'm predicting now that they'll win, they won 17, they'll win 18, 19, and 20. Then the Lakers have to do a readjustment again. So I'm putting pressure on them. But that is the one thing that Pat Riley used to say about, you know, uh, sometimes it's not all about the fame or the money. It's about being part of something special. And Riles preached that a lot. I mean, do you want to be remembered or do you want to be forgotten? People will forget a guy that's averaging 40 points one season and never wins. People don't forget champions. And as much as we want to forget Caruso and Kuzma, <laughs> players like that, you'll never forget them because they won a championship. They got on your nerves because they weren't hitting shots. But you know what? They did their role. So um, that's just ironic that you said that, man. And that that is that's the, the disease of more. I want more and more and more instead of sacrificing for the betterment of the team and for the betterment of something special. Yeah, you know. I come here for the Lakers just to play with LeBron, just to get, get a fifth. I was a young person or a, a four, fifth, fifth or six year player and I had an opportunity to come. I sacrificed some money to come for this. The championships are hard to come by. Yeah. No, and, and that's ultimately again kind of, you know, JaVale McGee. And obviously initially that's why JaVale and, and Dwight Howard are there, right? I mean, for that opportunity to play with LeBron, be in LA, win a championship. This time it went a little bit better for Dwight and with the Lakers than it did the last time, you know. So now it's about will will they continue to want that? Because you're right, there. You know, when you get it, when you get guys that have talent like those guys have, even at, at their age, and then the the size, you know, that get the buy-in. Um, that that is a that's a rare trait that, you know, that allows you to win playing big. You know, that you can't really, as you mentioned, play small ball to beat that kind of style. And you know what, and uh, you make a good point, is that some guys might win a championship and say, okay, I got my championship, now I'm going to get paid. Right. And right. you know what, I guarantee you they will regret that. And there are players that have done that. I won a championship, now I'm leaving, and you go off and the grass ain't greener on the other right. side. And you know what, to win a championship is it's something special. And once you get out there, 
and you look at that championship and you're uh in and in uh, what January February and you guys are, are uh 6 and 38 and you get all the minutes playing and you going out scoring 30 35 and yet y'all still losing by 15 or 20 and you going home looking at that championship I guarantee them guys say you know what if I can get back over there I drop this in a minute because all money ain't good money my feelings so are the Lakers now the best, the, the the best, biggest, most championship franchise in sport in, in the NBA, or is it the Celtics? Who's who's the? Well, they're tied, Ari, and I know you want to start a conflict, and I'm glad to go there with you. Well, East Coast, West Coast beef here. Uh, yeah, it's, about, it's going to end. Right now, we can say we're the best because you know what? I don't think Boston has it in them to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they have it in them. I think it all went out the window. And unless they make a big major move, then we'll see. But again, they, if they play the Lakers, they would have got trounced 4-0 or 4-1 simply because of the fact that they were too small. I mean, I definitely, I definitely thought the Celtics would come out of the East, you know. So, I mean, I was surprised the Heat ended up winning. And when you brought up teams that you thought might regress in the East, I thought you were going to mention the Celtics, you know. But, I mean, they – It'd be interesting to see there, there's certainly some talks. Could they try to trade Gordon Hayward? And, you know, Danny Ainge doesn't, you know, doesn't sleep often. He's, you know, he's constantly trying to evolve and change. As long as they've got Tatum and Brown, you know, that core, um, you know, that, that's. I think, I think they have to split them. Do you? They're going to have to split them because it, it, they're not playing well together and both of those players are identical players. If you look totally. at it, you got to have something a little bit different. Both of them are identical players. And when you're trying to go down to crunch time, you got to have just something different, you know, like the Lakers. And, and even how Coach Vogel was shifting around, you know, that biggest thing he made was to start Caruso. You have to be able to do something because Caruso brought a different look to the starting lineup at that moment. That's what the Celtics are going to have to be, a big change for them. And I think Danny's going to pull the trigger on one of them. Watch. And you, uh, you just predicted that the Lakers were going to, you know, win, get up to 20 championships with LeBron. Is that what you just said? Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe they're not, maybe it's still Lakers and Celtics for Marquinez, but no, maybe the new faces. next year let Lakers move ahead with that next title. Oh, they're going to go ahead and they're going to go ahead and stretch it out. Uh, but look for Doc in Philadelphia. I think he's going to put a different mindset in them young players' minds back there. Look for them to come out of the East next year. Now, it would be different if they can win it. But coming out of the East, I think it will be easier for Doc to do it in the East than it was right here in the West. So let me ask you, because everybody else is talking about this, right? It's You have to talk about it every year after the season ends. You have to talk about LeBron's legacy, right, every year, his entire career, every year, every offseason, talk about LeBron's legacy. Like I, I, I hate legacy talk because you let it play out, right? Like why are we talking about a guy's legacy? He's still playing. Right. I mean, are, are we just evaluating his legacy against the backdrop of a player? I, it's just so hard to evaluate a, a, a player's legacy against history. And we've talked about it obviously with Kareem. I mean, I think, I think Cap is very underrated in terms of this discussion, right? But, um, I, I, I tell you, if LeBron wins up to 20, you know, up to Lakers championship number 20, there probably won't be much of a conversation. If LeBron, Wins, so he has four now. If he wins three more, that'll give him seven. Yep. You almost have to say he's the best player that's ever played. Yeah. And, but, but, 
And I'm a, uh, I'm a, a, a decade or, or generation that point in time in history. <clears throat> the thing about LeBron, he's so big, so talented, so good that LeBron could have played in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, two thousands, and he could still be doing the thing he did. That to me is the difference between all other players. I think Michael Jordan has that same ability. Uh, Magic has that same ability. There's a few, but Cap is just a different, different breed, man. What about Cap? Cap too. I would get put Cap in that area. I would put, um, I, I, uh, yeah, I'd put Kobe in that area too. Kill O'Neal, I'd throw him in there because Sha- Shaq's only downfall with his free throw shooting. But as, as you mentioned, I, I shoot, I make them when I, I make them when I'm supposed to or something like that. Uh, it was so, Jordan, yeah. I, I hit them when they count. <laughs> so, uh, in that case, but there's so many great ones. Uh, Jerry West, I think could have played in almost any, any decade. Um, Elgin Baylor, James Worthy. So you got a lot, but could they have dominated like LeBron is dominating now because the field is limited on athletic players and I think people are scared of him. But if you go back in time, through the 90s, and especially in the 80s, they had people LeBron's size that could handle that physicality he threw on people, but still he has an athleticism to where he could have still been that great player. Hmm. He's a GOAT. He's a GOAT. Now, will he be the all-time GOAT? If he, and I think he's going to get close, if he passes Kareem's all-time scoring record, i got to give LeBron the greatest player I've ever played this game. Right now, about, that's the only thing to give between Kareem and a lot of players. What about titles? Points to him. How about titles, though? How much does that matter? Do points matter? Because, I mean, LeBron, obviously LeBron's a great scorer, but he's not, you know, that's not his most – that's not what you uh, associate with LeBron. I mean, yeah. he's a great all-around player. He's great – you know, he's he's got ma- – there's some magic there where he's able to uh, – you know, he's such a great distributor and handles the ball well and initiates offense. And, I mean, so – does he got? Does he have to beat Kareem in points and uh, and and Michael in in, in titles? Yeah, I, I would say that. Wow. And I think you're in rare air when you get five. I'm one of the lucky ones to have five championships. Um, and when you move up there, that's rare air. And you go ahead and get six with Jordan. And you know, I'm, yeah, he, he's going. If LeBron can pull off these next three, and it's going to be real crucial to him to do it in the next three years because you're going to have to win. It gets easier when you win and you keep winning. But if you win and you lose and you got to refire yourself up and regenerate the whole thing, that's hard to do. So that's why it's going to be important next year that the Lakers surround him with good players. But if he can pull off these next three in a row, LeBron James, I would consider him uh, probably the greatest player to ever play. And if he gets close, I think even if he breaks Carl Malone, comes in second, he'll be considered up there on the on the GOAT list high. When did you start playing in the NBA? 79. How old were you? I was 20, I was 22, 22, 23. So LeBron has played an NBA season, 82 games, and an additional 30 some plus 40 games in the playoffs, mm-hmm. basically every year since he was 18 years old. That is and an I, insane amount of mileage on his body. Insane, but the guy keeps himself and he has the No, no, I know. And I, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, the fact that he's able to still play at this level, at this age, with that mileage, is incredible. So, 
That's what gets him in the conversation for sure. I, I agree. I think because of his and he wins three more. Factor, to your point, and, and it, all the miles he's had over all the playoff series and games. Holy cow, that'd be incredible. That'd be incredible. You know, I, I always brag about this mathematician put down in in numbers all the times that we played and the time I, that we spent on the court. Uh, we meaning myself and Magic and Worthy. He put all these numbers down, and when he put them down and strung them all together. It said that myself and Magic and James Worthy ran around the world three and a half times. <laughs> Can you imagine how many times LeBron has run around the world? It was three wow. and a half times. He had to run around the world at least seven or eight times with some more miles to go. Because to tell you the truth, he's in the prime of his life, basketball-wise. He is. He just has right. a lot of knowledge on him. But what is he, 35, 36? 35. We're the yeah. same age. You're, you're right there, man. You're right there from the age of, uh, they say 28, 29 to 33, 34 is when you're in the prime of your athletic sports life. Yeah. Is when you're at your best, you know, you're the strongest you can be. You got the basketball IQ. You're smart. You do all the right things. He's right there. So I would love to see how many times he ran around the world. <laughs> That's insane. If I were you, I'd never run again. I'm surprised you don't have like, you get yeah, new hip, new knees, new new ankles, new feet. I mean, well, I got me one new hip. I'm working on the other one probably for another year. I'm going to have to get that one re- retired. Uh. I, I mean, I'll need a new hip in a few years here, and I've never run around the world. <laughs> well, all right, there you have it, my assessment on Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, good job, Lakers. Good job. 2020 was a fantastic season. It was an odd one. Because all the things that went on, can you believe these guys played a year, all year round basketball? That's crazy. That's real crazy. And I can't wait to see what, because there's always been, you know, the NBA starts right around this time of year, and every year it picks up nationally around Christmas, right? Like that's the thing. The Christmas is like the line of like, this is when you should start watching the NBA. So I'm just curious to see what the way the schedule is going to change next year obviously because of the ending, how that, what that will look like, you know? And then, I mean, this is going to change the NBA forever. Who knows if there's another bubble situation that might, I mean, who knows? We might, we might have to be in another bubble to start the year next year. Cause there, 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 we could still be in a situation where there hasn't been a vaccine or something where, you know, there's just not a comfort level of playing and going city to city. Well, I think that's going to be the issue is that they'll probably have maybe, I would say three major places. One on the west, one in the east, and somewhere in the middle. And uh, I think obviously Miami, the, where they're in the in Orlando, the the bubble there might be the whole east coast. Right. We'll have to go there and play, and they'll probably you probably will stay there for like a week playing games. Then you'll move to the next spot after you get tested. If this continues the way it is, you'll get tested and you'll have to stay somewhere in the Midwest somewhere uh, and play seven or eight games, but. If Adam Silver can pull off this with the group that he had, they're going to figure out how to get the NBA back on track again. And uh, obviously it's going to have to be safety is going to be the first and foremost important thing. But I, I really, I, I was wondering how they did it. They pulled it off, but I really enjoyed this NBA season. I really did. It, it was a very unique experience. And I mean, you're right. It's crazy to think it went for a full year. Like that's insane. Um, and I mean, it, it, there will never be another one like this. You certainly hope not. 
<laughs> but and, and that's why this one has to be different than any other championship. Right. Without their family, uh, in in one place at one time, no strip clubs, no bars, uh, no after what the, uh, Pat Riley calls peripheral opponents. None of that was going on. You were in the bubble and you stayed in there. You stayed with your team. And if you broke the rules, then you're hurting your team. That's why this one has to be. It goes down as numero uno, man, to win this one here, away from your family. All right, dude, that's perfect. That's like 45 minutes, and I think – I don't know if you had other stuff prepared, but we should do that next week then if you want to. Okay. And I'm going to get uh, Rob Fukazaki. He's the ABC guy out here. He does my slam dunk show with me. Nice. And he has a lot of insight, a lot of things here of LA. Sweet. Yeah, no, he, I bet he's awesome. Oh, Tar- Rob, po- fantastic. Totally. Okay. All right. All right. It's a pleasure, man. You too, buddy. Peace out.